We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On today's program, we're going to be talking about startup businesses and how you fund them, what kind of costs are you absorbing, and what kind of shoestring budgeting can you be looking at as you're starting out in your business. A lot of people go into business and they think, I've got an incredible idea, everybody's going to buy. We've spoken about doing some sort of market research before you actually start your business, but let's say that you got past that point and you know people are interested in wanting to actually buy what it is you have to buy, what you have to sell. But how do you manage to get somewhere as it relates to funding your business. So let me ask you, Daniel and Patricia, as we bring you guys in, if somebody is telling you they're looking at starting their business, what are some of the things you would counsel them on in terms of getting set up to operate their business in terms of funding, in terms of operating it? What would you guys make that suggestion on? So some of the first things that come to my mind, Jennifer, are uh, giving a little bit of thought. Uh, we had a podcast once uh, where we talked about the minimum viable product. So what is the least amount that you can get away with? Uh, so two maybe um, conflicting points of view here. Uh, one would be for your startup expenses, what is the least amount that you need in order to get up and running? So do you need the most fabulous website? Do you need uh, billboard or TV ads? Um, think about some of those things that you need. What, what do you really need versus what would be nice to have? On the flip side, I, I suppose another perspective that comes to my mind is, do you have a way if you were to put out that money, if you were to take on that expense, do you have a way to measure a return so that you know that you're getting sales coming in because of that expense? And if you can figure that out, if you can say, yes, I am able to measure that return, then I'm going to say it's probably worth it. Uh, you know, it's the example of, um, you know, if I had a hundred dollar bill, and I decided to sell it to you for $99, would you take that deal? You're only gonna make a dollar in the deal, but hey, you're making a dollar in the deal. <laughs> so the, the same with your expenses too. If you put a dollar out there <clears throat> in expenses, can you make a dollar 10? Can you make a dollar 50? Can you make $5, $10 off of that dollar of expense? Uh, what level of return is going to be acceptable to you? And 
can you measure that you're going to get that return before you take on that expense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's, that's pretty much what I'd, I'd suggest. Um, come up with a minimum viable product, even if it's just a, you know, Twitter mashed with, uh, you know, um, I don't know, Tinder, just to pick two names out of a hat. <laughs> I don't know, right? Twitter and Tinder, okay. <laughs> Whatever, right? That's where you're going, but yeah. If what, you, know, you come up with a description of it first, you have to know what it is that you want it to achieve. Um, and start building a tribe, which you can do organically. And, you know, with building your tribe, you're going to find people who can partner with you to do some of the things that you need done. Um, and you can even, sometimes you can even barter with them. So outlaying cash shouldn't be your first, I mean, I know it's exciting to buy stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm setting up a business. I need this and this and this. Maybe you don't. You know, what is the absolute minimum that you can get by with? And then just bootstrap the heck out of it. So as we look at bootstrapping, what are some of the things that we really can bootstrap? And what are some of the things that we should maybe consider not bootstrapping well of course that depends on your skill set you know um really <laughs> i don't know what else you say to that <laughs> well yeah i mean if you've got the ability to build your own website then go ahead and do it right for an example patricia it may not be the right example but that would be an example of skill set that maybe you would farm out to somebody else. For most of us, even those of us who've well, been building websites another, for years. <laughs> let me ask you another question now. In all seriousness, because we're talking about MVP, the minimum viable product, which we spoke about, um, I believe, in our first episode, uh, season one, episode one, I believe was minimum viable product. But as you look at your MVP, when you look at a website, is a website absolutely necessary to a startup? I mean, if you're selling e-commerce, sure, a website's going to be needed. If you're a retail business, it may not be. If you're a service business, like a plumber, a painter, a website may not be extremely important to start as much as getting business cards may be you know, getting an ad post in, you know, some sort of publication so that people know that you're around. So if we're, as Patricia said, it depends on your skill set. It also depends on your individual business, what you absolutely have to do first instead of, I could do this at some point uh, because it's not going to make that much of a difference. But when you're looking, though, at bootstrapping, there's so many things that we can possibly be doing. Setting up our own business, if we're not an accountant, you guys say, can be bootstrapped and do it on our own through the state? Should we use an accountant or attorney? Uh, 
to actually get us set up? Well, personally, <laughs> if I was testing an idea, I wouldn't worry about getting set up right off the bat. Um, I would, I wouldn't even worry about a website. Me, who's built so many websites over the year. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't worry about a website to begin with. I would get on social media. I'd get in some whatever groups and I would talk to the people who are, you know, relevant groups to my idea and, um, you know, find out if there was any merit to the idea. Should I even spend any time, money putting any of this together? You know, is there a market? Mm -hmm. um if it was something like a plumbing or you know something service um yeah you want social media um you might want a small website but you wouldn't even need that really to start with just have some listings on social media um just you know start getting out there a little bit and getting some business and you know networking yeah. I would agree. So um, necessary expenses to get started. I agree with um, Patricia on setting up your business. Function as a sole proprietor for a while while you test the waters and see if it's even worth it. Then you can always file later. Uh, just don't forget to do it if it actually takes <laughs> off. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but when it comes to other necessary expenses, expenses that are going to be effective at getting your your visibility out there so the key word there is effective um so be cautious uh I, i'm gonna say this and, and i don't really mean to bash on anybody here be cautious of immediately beginning to work with a marketing agency because you may not be ready for that yet as a startup you just may not be there yet. That may be something to take on down the road. Uh, so something that's going to be effective at getting your name out. Uh, Patricia has thrown out a couple ideas already. Uh, just getting out and doing face-to-face -face networking. Join some networking groups. Join the Chamber of Commerce uh, to get your name out there. Start with some of those things that will be relatively low cost. Uh, Chamber of Commerce membership could be a, a little bit of an expense, but it's not going to be as significant as hiring a marketing agency right off the bat. Uh, some other expenses that would be necessary, we've kind of talked a little bit about some of the trades. Um, tools and a truck are probably going to be important to you to get started. Uh, so those are some expenses. Um, but there again, maybe you've got a personal truck that you can use to get started. Maybe you can purchase tools as you go along until you need that tool. Maybe this isn't the right time to buy that tool. Wait until you get a job that requires that tool. Uh, some and other there's also, by the way, Home Depot does rent out tools. So well, if you need specific tools, you can also consider renting them before you actually go ahead and purchase, depending on the price of the tool. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, even some of the home, or the uh, Habitat for Humanity restores have a tool library. Yeah. You can get into. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, other expenses, you know, if you're selling a product and you've got costs of producing that product, then obviously that's going to be a good expense for you. Because if you can't produce the product, you can't sell it. So 
that would be a good expense. Um, you know, I, I laugh a little bit about these businesses who, um, especially during the dot-com bust era, <laughs> uh, were gathering, you know, millions and millions of investor dollars and they were spending those investor dollars on uh, fancy cars and yachts and all kinds of other stuff instead of putting it into a business and turning it into a going concern those would not be good expenses so imagine me here as your father wagging a finger at you that's not a good expense <laughs> yeah you know and if i was so, an investor i wouldn't want the the business that i'm investing taking that money and just spending it i mean that's got to be fraud at least <laughs> Well, it depends on how the money is being spent. True. You know, I mean, that goes without saying, but here's the other thing just to keep in mind and something that you really need to keep in mind. And that is if you are going to be incurring any expenses and generating any income, make sure you do have a business account and a business credit card or debit card that you are paying for your business transactions with because the IRS loves to look at what you're claiming as deductions. And if you cannot substantiate that something is in fact a business expense, the IRS can penalize you for claiming such expenses on your business. So it's a lot easier, even if you do operate as a sole proprietor, make sure by the way that you do register with the IRS in your local uh, county or parish in terms of making sure that you have the right paperwork filed. I know here in New Jersey, you go to the county, you file a fictitious trade name request, which is your DBA doing business as. They give you a form that says, okay, you're now licensed to operate under said business name. You file with the IRS, you take that to the bank, you open up a business bank account. Now you have a separate tax ID, you have a separate bank account, you can get a credit card, you can get a debit card, you can operate everything under the business. That way you're going to be the business. You are not going to be operating as an individual in this instance so that the IRS does not come after you for potentially bad transactions. So keep that in mind. And that definitely is MVP when you are looking at what you're doing because knowing exactly what you need to do that is going to be important. Uh, but as we look then at borrowing from friends and family for starting up a business, thumbs up, thumbs down, sideways, what do you guys think as it relates to friends and family being the first investors in your business? Depends on your friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I would say if it's friends and family, still draw up some kind of an agreement and treat it as a business transaction. Absolutely. I think that's going to be the safest way to preserve the relationship if things don't work out. Yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> So as we look at other startup costs, startup programs and operations, let's say that we're still in startup mode 
but we have about a year under our belt. And we've got customers coming in. At what point would you say it's okay to loosen the purse strings and move from shoestring budget to a McDonald's size budget, maybe? <laughs> or, uh, I mean, you, mean you know, McDonald's people say you've got. Right, not the McDonald's franchise corporation, right? Just the dollar menu? Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, I really like the premise of profit first. You build the profit into your budget. And that ends up precluding you spending money that would have otherwise been profit on this and that and other stuff that's nice to have, but certainly not important or critical. Um, I, I use the, 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 the metaphor of a woman with a purse and the bigger the purse, the more stuff goes in, <laughs> which is in fact why I have a small purse so that I'm not carrying tons of stuff. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> it gets to a point. It's like, what is this stuff doing in there? Um, but so we're in profit first and we're taking profits. The business is generating profits. But at what point can we say the business is stable enough for us to loosen our operational expenses and start bringing in other resources, expenses that we may need for the business? And looking at it as an investment in the business, not simply an expense, obviously. Like, we're not saying rent a car just because you want to rent a car. You need a rent a car because you have to go out and close deals. You rent the car to close deals. Like, I was coaching a landscaper who she only had one truck, and she needed that truck to be out on the road with her people to do the work. But I was telling her rent a car so she can go and do estimates to get additional work. That obviously is a wise business decision when you're looking at it in that regard. But how do you decide though when it's okay to start loosening that purse string? Hmm. Um, so let me jump in here um, with some of the work that I do with clients planning for uh, their eventual exit and making sure that guardrails, <laughs> I'm going to use a guard, the term guardrails here, are in place so that uh, when they step away, the new owner uh, it knows what they're getting. So there are a couple of things there that I'm kind of implying, and I'll expand on it a little bit. I don't think, Jennifer, there is ever a time that you loosen up on operational expenses, ever. There have to be guardrails, there has to be oversight, there has to be accountability for operational expenses. What you did say a moment ago is the key word that makes an operational expense a good one, and that is, when is it an investment in growing the business and leading to greater sales and greater profit? That's how you choose that this operational expense is a good one. So not that you're going to loosen up on it. 
but let's say um, you're now a retail store or restaurant and you're getting more customers coming in, you need more staff to take care of them. So you're going to expand your payroll. Okay, that's an operational expense. You wanna think very cautiously, are we ready to add more staff? And here's kind of a catch 22, chicken or the egg. Do you have to add more staff to take on more customers? Or can you bring in more customers, let your staff be a little overworked until you say, okay, yes, now it's time to hire more staff. And that's going to have to be up to you. You're going to have to decide when the right time is to do that. But there's another operational expense that really becomes more of an investment. I need to hire more people so I can take on more customers so that it does trickle to the bottom line and I get more profit. And it's that investment question, what am I going to get back that determines whether this operational expense will be a good one. So anyone who's out there right now, I don't know what kind of purchase order uh, process you go through. I don't know who has to sign off on any uh, expenses that you have. Maybe you have nothing. Um, but maybe that needs to be one of the justification questions that's part of your operational expense approval process. Who approves this expense? Um, and that should be maybe one of the questions is, what increase in revenue or profit are we expecting from this purchase? So as we look at sole proprietors, and I decide I want this. Is it I want this or I need this in terms of how that would be defined? Because obviously the approval is coming from the same person who wants it. So there's a lot of issues that can potentially go into play as we look at, well, is this a good investment in the business or is it a bad investment in the business? And if you think about it from the perspective of would I do this same purchase if I had to account to someone else? Maybe an interesting way to look at those investments or those expenses that you are going to make. And it's kind of like going into the stock market. Are you willing to invest in this company or that company and why? I'm looking at a book right now, Jennifer. Uh, it's Dan Kennedy's No BS Ruthless Management. And by that title, you might think that it's about managing other people. But when you get into the heart of that book, it's mostly ruthless management of yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly what you're just saying. <laughs> so as we look at being ruthless, with ourselves to borrow from the great Dan Kennedy. Where does that leave us in terms of our fellow business owners who are listening in terms of this is going to make sense for my business. I want to do it to grow my business. Where is that ruthless aspect going to come in and say, stop it? All right. I, I had an, uh, let's see, I think I can read this in a book as well. I read a lot of books, by the way. Um, somebody, I can't remember the book now, so I, I apologize to the author already. 
whoever you are. <laughs> um, but the, the strategy was you're working for yourself. You're the only one in your business, or maybe you even have some employees. You think to yourself, we need to buy this. The challenge is to yourself, wait one more day before making that purchase and see if you really need it. And then maybe wait one more day and see if you really need it and, and put that off for as long as you can and see, do I really need that? But at the same time, you have to be evaluating what's going on in your business. Don't just ignore it and don't make the purchase. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is evaluate whether you really need it as you delay that purchase. And as you delay, it will become more evident whether you actually need it. Same with sending a, an angry note or email. You hold on overnight, and if it makes sense the next day, then you go ahead and you send it out. Otherwise, you hold on and you don't do anything. <laughs> so basically, don't put in the two fields. That way, it can accidentally be sent. But so as we look at wrapping up our conversation, what are your final thoughts, Patricia? I, I, I like the idea of bootstrapping. I think that one should, I mean, you have to balance the idea of bootstrapping and the idea of, you know, getting an investor to actually do the things that maybe your business needs that much invested in it. Um, I, I tend towards bootstrapping and there's, you know, there's, there's good ways to bootstrap even a large business that needs a lot of investment until you can actually justify the idea that it really needs it. Mm -hmm. Clear as mud, I know, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I would take that. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a fan of the idea of bootstrapping as well. Only make the necessary expenses. I, I'm also a fan of investing in your business as well. If you think that it's going to give you a return, then make the investment. Uh, but do your due diligence on it as well. Uh, it's all about risk management. Manage that risk of that expense but invest in the business. And that means investing with professionals to help you grow your business as well. You know, if you've got to give somebody say 10% of whatever you expect to get back, um, if you're still getting a return on it, invest with those professionals as well to grow your business. Yeah, get some good advisors to help you make those decisions. That's great. And so, you always want to have the right advisory team, and we've spoken about this before on our program, in terms of knowing exactly who is going to be the right person or the right people that can continue to guide you. And you want to make sure that as you look at your business, as we said, profit first, once you've got the income coming in and it's positive cash flow, that's when additional investments in your business can make sense, provided it makes sense to continue to add more 
um, ultimately to the mission of your business. And so when you think about where you are in your business, think about it from that perspective. And on that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters, and here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.